0: So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The
1: One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough
0: Mother Show is real talk, with special guests including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real-life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be One Tough Mother. It's all about you. And welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Holy cow, it's been an unbelievable last few weeks i'll tell you that but this last week tops it all what's going on well let me just tell you so you know my sister and i figure skate we go skating to the skating rink and um i don't we we're huge skaters as kids and, I, and just one day we we're like hey let's strap on the old skates and go skating and we, we we're really enjoying it i mean we have a lot of fun doing it so um But the skating rink is like, we just want, and it's like packed with kids, like seven zillion kids cutting in and out in front of you, but whatever. That's kind of what it is when you go skating at a skating rink. Anyway, so my skates are a little bit big and I forgot to wear my thick socks. I'm such a nitwit. I get there and um, we skated for a good like hour, maybe a little bit more. And my skate kept loosening up. So I get off, get in the box and I'm tightening up my skate. And all of a sudden, my sister takes a, a total and complete dive, wails her head, ow, wails her elbow. I'm I'm like my skates half laced. I skate out onto the ice. I'm like, oh my god, are you okay? She's like, oh my head, my elbow, my head, my elbow. I'm like, which one hurts more? Like she's like, my elbow, my elbow. Seriously, I I take one look at it, I know it's broken. Ooh, um, yeah, one look, I'm like, okay, all right. Um, so there's this like everybody's looking, and there's this like skating person skates over that works at the uh, arena, and he's like, "Is she okay?" I'm like, "No, dude, she's seriously not okay. We need to get her off the ice." He's like, "Well, she'll have to crawl off." I'm like, "She broke what? her elbow." She's not crawling anywhere.
2: You're an imbecile.
0: I know. I'm like, you guys have a big, they have like five rinks or something there. I'm like, get me a, a wheelchair. Get me a, something to get her off her ice, this ice. So a couple people come out. He sends this person to get a chair. He literally gets an office chair.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Puts it on the ice. So I signal to these two big guys watching. I'm like, hey, help me lift her into this chair because I'm on skates, right? Hey. And so there's all the other people there trying to help. And these two big guys, I thought they could steady steady her into the chair while we hold the chair. This guy jumps onto the ice and skates out to me and flips. Come on. Not even kidding. Flips. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, are you okay? He, like, kind of crawls towards us, gets up. He's like, I'm all right, I'm all right. (laughs) Helps her into the chair. We get her into the car. She goes to the hospital. Elbows broken, two places, has to be operated on, surgery pinned, you name it. And I'm like, oh God, it was like a bad movie. I hope this guy's okay.
2: Oh my God. I know. Her head? Huh? Her head was okay?
0: Yeah, that's the biggest thing I kept saying. When's your birthday? The president. Um, can you see? Can you focus? Do you have a headache? Do you feel sick to your stomach? Her head was fine. And her she wailed her head. Wailed Ooh. it. Her head was fine. But her elbow, she had surgery today. This happened yesterday. She had surgery today. And her elbow's been pinned.
2: I'm never going ice skating with you.
0: <laughs> I kid you not. Never. I kid you not. This guy came out onto the ice and did a complete and total flip.
2: On his back?
0: He flipped forward.
2: Onto his back?
0: And to his front and his face and his arms.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: I know. Crazy. Oh,
2: maybe we're not supposed to be on ice.
0: Yeah, maybe we shouldn't stand on a blade on ice.
2: Right. Although I love
0: skating, and I've been skating since I've been very little. But
2: uh, Go roller skating.
0: Yeah. I, you know what? I broke my arm. I broke my wrist rollerblading.
2: Oh my goodness!
0: So whatever the case is, I just I had to tell you that story was cra- i I was like in my mind, I'm thinking what if there's a chain reaction? And everybody that comes out here starts flipping.
2: Don't leave the house, stay home, everybody
0: yeah, everybody stay home what Not what was we, up with you this week? me yeah, uh,
2: we celebrated my my ma my ma's uh seventy fifth yesterday
0: oh happy birthday, yeah. ma yeah, happy
2: birthday, ma um i should send you i got this video melissa took of uh the baby and talia and and they put their arms around each other and she's like singing a song and telling them a story oh yeah it's really 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 cute
0: send Uh, it oh she is such a love bug when she wants to be
2: when she wants to be the baby is for sure
0: oh he he's real chill
2: He's really smiley and happy and laughing all the time oh when he's hungry
0: Poor Mike, uh, he's he's gonna have the is he that the third no, that would be Talia. No, he's gonna have the third kid syndrome.
2: Now he's a fourth though. Yeah, so that's be, true. Yeah, his I'll older brother. But his 50. older
0: brother's got quite the spread on him.
2: Eleven years, yeah. Yeah.
0: So well, good. So everything was good for your ma?
2: Ma, yeah. Good. Good. Lunch, you know.
0: Yeah, my Thank ma's you. like why do you old ladies doing on skates anyway? She's right. No, dude, I swear.
2: I know you do, like a sailor.
0: I know I do. I will not give up my my skates, my any of my crazy crap I do. It's just not your me.
2: Language. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So anything else going on?
2: What, what? Yeah, I gotta tell you guys everything. I got to tell you about my surgeries. What else do you want to know? I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to live my life, pay the bills, and take care of my family. Okay?
0: Wow, shit's tough, right? Ugh. Oh, sorry to hear that,
2: dude.
0: <sighs> I, I swear, I will PayPal you fifty cents, maybe a dollar. I'm not sure.
2: Serenity but... now.
0: Oh my god, yes, yeah, serenity now. Wow. Anyway, well, you gotta be a fighter. That's leading into mm-hmm. today's guest. Holy cow. Today's guest is a woman I admire greatly. I can't even believe this. I admire her for two things, her mental and physical discipline, and also, to be honest, her drive to go after what she wants and to damn well get it. Terry Moss is a boxing hall of famer who was considered an undercard because of her age, and then she turned pro. A two-time women's champion, Terry, the boss, Moss, pummeled her way into the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame by enduring and delivering a plethora of punishing punches. But that's not what blew me away about this story, honest to God. I'll tell you what it was. She, I was caught cold about the boss and the fact that she didn't even begin her boxing career until she was 36 years old. I was like going back in my head, 36, 36. Let me see, I had four kids, like, and She's boxing. It's just what? It's just too amazing. Anyway, it's with great pleasure that we welcome to the Wood Talk Mother Show, pound for pound, one of the toughest mothers I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing. Terry, the boss, Moss. Welcome, Terry.
1: <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Thank you. It's so good to be on the show. <laughs> I feel I totally, like my is. <laughs> victory. I totally, totally have to use my uh, radio <laughs>
0: sports commentating when I do this. I was like joyous writing this. <laughs> it takes me <laughs> back to my day.
1: Right. That's better than Jimmy Lennon Jr. No doubt.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, Terry. So I have to ask you. I just have to. Everybody's been saying the same thing about, to this, when I've been saying, hey, I'm having Terry the Boss Moss. I'm, awesome. I'm like, what the hell? Boxing? Why? I mean, tell me how you started this odious adventure. I need to
1: know. Oh my gosh. I've told this story so many times, but I feel, um, You know, when I got into boxing, I thought I would just be boxing, but I never thought it would be a 20-year career (laughs) now, so I just never left, but, um, you know, I just stumbled into boxing. I was, um, a friend of mine wanted to pick up some boxing lessons because she'd seen that J-Lo movie called um, Enough. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, she'd been, it was like a, you know, I, I didn't even see the movie, but basically it's about a girl that's getting abused by her boyfriend, so she takes up boxing and I don't know maybe she beats him up. I never saw the movie. But anyway, um, my friend wanted to do that. And I was like, you're crazy. So uh, she talked me into going but I was into I mean, I was already working out from from like the time I was 18 years old. I was, you know, really into the um, fitness industry. So I or at least you know, I've worked out consistently throughout my life. And I tell people when, when Olivia Newton-John was getting physical, so was I. <laughs> you see Richard Simmons, you think those outfits are funny? I used to have those. <laughs> oh my God. So did I. They're
0: so disgusting. Oh my God.
1: I should just wear them now. I don't know. They're hard to find, but anyway. Um, so when she wanted to do boxing, I was just glad that she wanted to work out cause I'd been trying to get her to do things, you know, forever. We were going to do an aerobics class or something like that. And so, um, we went into the gym and, you know, there were a bunch of fighters in there and, um uh, you know, I, I just was kind of blown away because they all had these great bodies. Later, did I find out these weren't even like, um these were like guys that were, you know, with bad records, just, you know, kind of, you know, gutting it out, fighting, you know, like a lot of opponents and that kind of thing. And I was just, um you know, I was so impressed by them. Imagine if I'd seen a world-class fighter, I wouldn't know <laughs> what to do, but so, um you know, the, the workout was just intense. I We we did a little workout that day. And, you know, like three months later, she was gone. And I was buried in boxing. I was going to fights, you know, you know, working corners. It was crazy. It was, It's a lot really fast happened for me. So um, I trained for a couple years before I had my first match. But, um, you know, I had I actually had when I started boxing, I had hepatitis C for my whole life. And I, I never really thought twice about it until I wanted to box. And they said, you can't box with that. So I I said, oh, well, then I'll get this treatment and I'll box. And that's exactly what I did.
0: But you had a family, right? You had a family through this.
1: Yeah, but by then, you know, I had a family really early, so – uh, I got married when I was sixteen and had had you know one one child so um, but i 'm actually a grandmother now i got a ten year old and an eight year old <laughs> grandchildren so um, I did make the cover of a magazine once it was called the grand magazine, <laughs> and um, <laughs> then <laughs> my father told me oh it 's grandma that 's what it is i 'm like okay i 'm not going to shoot this to anybody, but it really was nice so <laughs> but um, yeah so um, so by the time I started boxing, my daughter was about to graduate high school so You know she she got ready to move out you know I was empty nest and uh, it was you know I was one of those sobbing parents that couldn't let their kid move away so I you know the boxing kind of helped me get through that and kept me busy and um, it's still keeping me really busy so I'm real grateful for everything that I've experienced it's been a crazy ride because I've done way more I mean the boxing part is so far gone removed from me now but because I've done so much more in boxing than I ever thought I would since I retired that, um, you know, I just, I just really have been, uh, it's like they say at the end of your life, if you can, you know, get off the bus and say, what a ride, you know, I, I feel like that already. And I'm really just getting started. So there's just a new chapter every, every day, every year. You know, I some
0: of- just reading about you. And I, I did a lot of research on you because I just love, I, first of all, I love sports. Secondly, I love physical things. I love anything that has right. to do with physical. Right. And then I've read like, it was just crazy to me to read that while winning the Women's International Boxing Federation's World Strawweight title in 2007, at the age of 41, by the way, right. was, was a like a crown in the Hall of Fame career, but the greatest career-defining moment came during 2003, your first year in the ring against Nina the Bomb Ahlin, is that right? Ahlin? Right, right, right. Why? Yeah. Like, was this, this chick was
1: something, right? Well, you know, women's, the the pool of sh- boxers back then were, was shallow, you know, so and I was at the smallest weight class, where you compare, you know, the heaviest and the lightest, they never have a lot of fighters in those weight divisions. So, I mean, that's probably got a lot to do with while I was able to, you know, move forward like I did. I, in, in fact, in my first year, yeah, she was in my, my first pro year, my first 12 months of boxing, I fought her. It was an upset win. It was my first time fighting in, in Georgia, well, in Atlanta, where I, where I was living, and then um, you know, uh, it was a defining moment because it was like, it, I, I realized it that I could you know, I didn't have to just go out there and grunt. I mean, I, you know, I went into boxing knowing that it was not going to be an easy ride. So, you know, I, I didn't have any amateur fights or anything. Back then, a lot of women went into the pros without amateur fights. It wasn't unheard of, but there were starting to be, you know, women that were with amateur careers. So um, now it's completely different. I would not advise anyone to go into the pros, <laughs> you know. But, but back then, a lot of girls did it just so they could fight because we couldn't get anything in the amateurs. There were just no fighters there. So um, I was one of those, and um, I, I became, when I beat Nina, I was ranked number two in the world, and my record was 0-1, I mean, oh, let's see, it's, it was 1-3, I'm sorry, one win, three losses, because my first uh, three fights were all with uh, top ten or title holders, you know, my first fight was with a title holder, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even know how we managed to pull that one off, we, we did tell them I had some Muay Thai fights, which wasn't exactly true <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I thought in my mind that I could have had a Muay Thai fight if I wanted to so to me that was the same <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like but I feel like I had a Muay Thai fight does that count so anyway we, we um, you know by the time I, I got that win it was really like a chance for me to to show you know people that um, I wasn't there just to you know, have an experience in my midlife crisis. So I was there to be a, a competitor. And so it, it was just really fun. You know, she's she's amazing. I mean, Nina Allen, I think she was ranked number one in the world when I, when I beat her. Wasn't so, she
0: like a cheerleader for some NFL team or something?
1: She was everything. She was gorgeous. She had a huge fan base. She was a Falcons cheerleader. She was young. I just hated her right from the beginning. <laughs> Well, I want to well, beat you up. But no, she really is, is, is an amazing person. And, and you know, no wonder because I mean, I was in awe of her, let alone everybody else. And, and just everything I ever wanted to be in a fighter, but I, that I was never going to be because I was way past that. But I did, um, you know, I just wanted to go in there and out tough her a little bit, which is what I did. You know, I just went in there. Uh, I think part of the reason I won that fight, um, uh, she was actually the smallest person I'd fought at that time. I was finally in my own weight class. So, um, bad. And then I'd also, you know, I fought tw- uh, twice in the last four weeks before I fought her. So, you know, I was pretty battle ready. She'd had like a year layoff or something like that. So um, I-, I think probably on a point of her, uh, uh, you know, her managers, it wasn't a good decision to take, you know, somebody that had been going the distance with top-ranked fighters, even though I was, you know, not winning them yet, but it was my first go-around, but just the tenacity should have shown up in what they were, you know, if they would have been looking at that, but still, you know, I don't, th- I think she probably was ready to, get- getting close to move on from boxing at that point, now she's got, you know, a big family, and she's got an amazing life in California, I'm a, d- i am a probably still hate her, because I'm doing boxing, I'm like, why am I doing this, <laughs> I still hate you, Nina, but you're amazing, I'm still in all Wait, uh,
0: I have to ask you, Terry, getting getting pummeled. I mean, three uh, times you lost. You lost three times before you won. Were you like, what am I doing? What am I doing here?
1: No, I knew I was in for that. So I had no, no, I was just going to keep going until I did. <laughs> so that's, the. I, I mean, I knew exactly, I'd been to a lot of fights like that. Um, like I said, the gym where I started had a lot of people that had those kind of records. So I knew what it looked like and I knew what what I had to do and but you know the difference probably between me and those fighters is I I didn't see the drive in them that I had like I you know I I wanted to beat the odds you know I'm, I'm which I did my trainer didn't even you know he worked one corner uh, the rest of them, he just let me go up with another fighter, you know, he's, that's how interested he was, in fact, then when I moved on to a new trainer, he didn't work my corner until my fifth fight, so I went, you know, pretty much trainerless for quite a long time, because they're like, oh, 36-year-old woman, you know, she's gonna go get her butt kicked, I'm not even going, <laughs> that's how it was, but, you know, I, I knew that's what I was in for, because I'd already seen enough of that in boxing, so I was, you know, I was a educated career person before boxing, so I watched the environment, and I knew what what was coming, so I just you know it didn't just bother me. I just uh, you know once I started winning, the pressure started getting to me a little bit. Then I I experienced something else that I'd never you know really been taught about, which was pressure and expectations. You know that people have <laughs> all of a sudden now I'm ranked number two in the world, and but you realize I'm still um one three, right? One three. <laughs> so you know I just but even though I, there were times when my career went up and down and up and down. When I could have won the fights, it was just really a matter of me mentally maturing into, you know, being a winner because I kind of did the whole thing on my own in a sense, you know, as far as what I had to, you know, build in my own confidence and that kind of thing. So it did give me a lot of uh, good experiences for, you know, to to use on my own fighters. So, I mean, my fighters now, uh, you know, mostly we win. I mean, everybody has losses and things in the amateurs, but we don't want that in the pros. So far, my pros are undefeated, but. Um, but it did give me a lot to see and relate to and, you know, explain to them, you know, about the, the mental parts of boxing. So, you know, you, you know, you can, you can lose something when you you start winning this pressure or you can win from the beginning and then you got to live up to that. So, <laughs> you know, there's just a lot that I learned from that. So, um, I think it's all been a, you know, an asset for me.
0: So Terry, where'd it come from? Where, where the hell did all this come from? I mean, as a child, you were, you had the tenacity, you had the get-go. Um, you've always been wired for, for sound, ready to take on anything. where did it come from?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. It's You know, the childhood was very different and strange. So I think I kind of, um, more than anything, i just always learned to kind of go at my own i think that was the thing that probably pushed me more than anything no matter what i did it was never what was in my environment or what was expected me of me you know where i when i grew up in an environment that you know, my job before uh, before i was in boxing i was in law enforcement and then i went into narcotics investigation I'm like mm, half my family's on narcotics I think narcotics so it's like I always went kind of against the grain of you know where I was expected to be but not not because I um I really set out to do that I think just when I saw something I wanted to do I didn't let my um you know any any background that I had whole or or, or any uh when it comes to age or statistics or logistics I just didn't really concern myself with that I'm like nah it's okay, I want to do that, so I'm going to do this. Do you think that
0: comes from the gut? Do you think it's when you're young and, and you you see the things that you don't want to do and you just, instead of, instead of buckling under to pressure or buckling under to your environment, you just say, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm a fighter. And, and, just, and that's literally, like, I'm fighting my way through this. I'm going to be what I want to be and, and no one's going to stop me whether they believe in me or not.
1: Like extreme stubbornness, yeah, I think that's got a lot to do with. It. You know, I'm just thinking um, that you said that. Just uh, Sunday, I was with my family for the holiday, and uh, my granddaughter, who's eight years old, she's a gymnast. Well, she's amazing. So, <laughs> um, anyway, they have a trampoline, and she's out there trying to teach me how to do a backflip, and now I'm 52 years old. <laughs> I'm doing backflips on the trampoline get, until I get it right. I'm like, I'm going until, and I see so much of myself in her. She, you know, she's doing these backflips. It's just amazing. And then she, all of a sudden in her mind, just decided she couldn't do them. And she was so mad about it. And she was frustrated. She just kind of got mental about it, which is what I was telling you about that, uh, that thing, you can have the pressure. She started, I don't know why she decided she couldn't do them. So I'm sitting and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for her to finish this. And then um, she, I finally told her, I said, I'm bored, I'm gonna leave. And she's, I, I, the trampoline has like a little net around it and a zipper to go out. So I started unzipping, and she ran over there and zipped it closed again, like, No, you're gonna wait until I do this. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I passed that down, but yeah, I mean, why am I out there at my age learning backflips? I don't know, but I'm, I'm doing them. <laughs> but <laughs> you know I was just stubborn. I'm like, You know, I've always wanted to do these backflips, I'm gonna do this backflip today. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> I didn't land on my feet, but I did it about 15 times, and it, was, it wasn't it was bad for what I thought it was a crazy, scary thing to flip over. You can't see anything, but some people can do them, of course, but I'm way too old to be doing this, but I don't even care. It's <laughs> so, so funny. It's, it's
0: so true because I think, I mean, I don't know what part What part of the country did you grow up in?
1: Um, I grew up pretty much in the South, but I'm from Denver, and I, I moved here when I was a, like 10 years old, something like that.
0: So I think there's something in, in every one of us, I think, that – when you, when you're a child that there's certain things like you just go against the grain. Certain people just won't take no for an answer. They'll just keep trying and trying and trying. And I don't know if it's competition because you want to be better than where you come from or if you want to beat yourself. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I can understand both of those. Yeah. Better where you come from for a lot of people. I mean, that's, that's me as well. So uh, I I think that I always tried to get out of that place, you know, Yeah. Yeah. maybe so.
0: I don't know, but so by the time you hung up your gloves, you'd, am, you'd amassed a career record of nine and nine with three uh, KOs and a championship belt, uh, a mini flyweight belt from the Women's International Boxing, Boxing Association. And you were inducted into the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame in 2015. Wow, right? Like, right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think that that had a lot more to do with probably the post um uh, activity that I have, you know, I've, I, I don't, there, there, maybe I'm thinking about Bonnie Canino. Um, she's been a fighter, a trainer, a promoter and a gym owner. And I think the two of us are probably the only ones that have done all that stuff. (laughs) So that's definitely, you know, um, I know even Christy, she's definitely promoting fights. She's got a great series that she's doing in North Carolina and, you know, she's, um, been a fighter. I don't know if she's had a gym yet, but she's, I mean, I think we're just trailblazers, you know, blazing the, trail out there just various things to do that you know we're we, we really want to own this boxing you know <laughs> I, I you know I just don't want to quit until I've done everything I it's like I tell my fighters I said I want to be like the the you know the Freddie Roach or the you know um, the manual steward or the you know even go back back further than that I want to be the customato of, <laughs> of 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 boxing for women you know I want to be in the boxing hall of fame, not the international boxing hall of fame. I want to, you know, as a, as a woman trainer, as a great trainer that trained, you know, men and women fighters Not, you know, so I want to, I want to go down as, you know, one of those great trainers, you know, so that's, that's what my, my last probably goal will be.
0: (laughs) It always blows my mind when I meet women athletes and I've met Ali. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I've had the pleasure of spending some time with Ali and um, I've had Heather the Heat Hardy on my show. Right. So it blows me away when I have, when I'm around um, great women athletes and they never really step all the way away from the sport. Right. Um, they, there's always something more. There's something that holds them. And of course, Heather's still fighting and she's doing amazing. I mean, she's doing right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, Layla is involved in, in several different things, but. You didn't step all the way
1: away from the sport, even when you retired. You're still all in, right? I'm buried in boxing, I couldn't. I mean, I own a big, giant gym. It's fifteen thousand square foot. I'm still trying to keep above water, and then I've, I've got. I mean, I, I have a a big amateur team I've got two pros I've got a couple more that need to go pro and I've got a collegiate boxing team I have the Georgia Technical Institute the Georgia Tech boxing team we just started that so that's a huge deal we got had, had like 84 um, <laughs> people on that team so we, we had about the first semester about 22 that were competing and then probably in fall we'll have you know around 40 that compete we went to the you know, uh, uh, USA Boxing as a, a division for a lot of beginner, box. you know, there's two college collegiate divisions. One's the um, uh, the UCBA divisions for, you know, regular college kids, not just like the Army and Navy and those guys that have a lot of fights. But these are for a lot of beginners, which, you know, just making it a college sport. So uh, we want to we really want to try to I mean, we want to get on some shows and talk about college boxing and make it a letter sport again. You know, the Ivy League. Colleges, uh, Yale and um, Harvard, they used to make you take boxing as part of your curriculum because they thought that it did a lot for you mentally and, and both physically mentally, you know, but in in, in problem solving and just courage and, you know, mental development and personal development. So we want to try to bring this back, um, which there are a lot of colleges now participating under the UCBA flag. Um, It's, um, it's a United Intercollegiate Boxing Association is what it is. Um, So we're, um, we want to really do something with that. It's been a really rewarding experience and that's my newest step. I mean, I just took them on this year. (laughs) So yeah, I've got, uh, I mean, there's just so much. I'm as buried in boxing as I could ever be. I, I, I you know, I don't even breathe outside of boxing. It's, 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 it's uh, definitely become a, a career now at this point, more than just, you know, a boxing a lifestyle.
0: Career. Yeah. Lifestyle now.
1: Oh yeah. And just so many more avenues. It's like I'm exploring every time I turn there's something new I can do in boxing. I'm working on I mean there's so many people working now in boxing with Parkinson's and I've got a, a client that I trained that wants to we've got eleven thousand square foot in the back side of my gym. It's actually a twenty five thousand square foot facility. We haven't built that out yet. So we're trying to now put an after school program with kids boxing and then a parkinson's program in there <laughs> we wow. just got so much going on yeah i don't know if we'll pull it all off i'm gonna say i hope so so um the the biggest struggle i had but even bigger than my boxing career was my gym that's you know it's been you know it's like three girls that that built a gym from scratch and not only just a gym it's like the boxing wonderland of atlanta we got the the biggest facility you know in in the city um and we've got the most diverse group of every nationality there you'd ever imagine and uh you know it's just it's just an amazing place uh um but you know if everything went down in flames tomorrow like i said i would be like i've done so much in boxing more than i ever ever thought i would do
0: i have a question is there is there female boxing in the olympics is that part of an olympic program anywhere
1: um well you know the all the females that box that are in the amateurs they you know which like most amateurs you know they dream or talk of going into the olympics but they got to make it there you know these are these you know people that do that have to be seriously dedicated to the sport i personally don't have any females on that level but um it's funny i used to train all females at one point i had like 30 38 females i was training but now i've got about six (laughs) so out of the like you know about 80 people that i train right now i've got about six females so um but, um, they, they, you know, those that, that are serious about it, um, they, they definitely look to go in that direction. But a lot of those girls, in fact, a lot of the girls that are going into the, you know, headed toward the Olympics are the, the, like the 12, 13, 14 year old girls now that are going in that direction. You know, there's, it's one, like one of the largest growing divisions in USA boxing right now is anywhere from, I think it's from the 11 year olds to 14 in, in girls boxing. Wow. But so it's like the biggest division in amateur boxing right now
0: wow that's amazing
1: yes if, if
0: you had to if you had to guide somebody say you were in, you know say you're in an auditorium of, of of hundreds of women and and men as as a matter but what would you say your life lesson would be what would you say so far at 52 years old my life lesson is this
1: just do whatever you want to do, you know, it's, I mean, as long as you're, it's not gonna, it's not something bad, (laughs) you know, I mean, to go after what you want, don't let the world tell you, you know, that you can or you can't, that makes no sense at all, you know, if you want to do it, just do it, and, you know, I think, I, I really believe that there's no way you can stop somebody from doing something they want to do if they got if they have their mind set on it like absolutely set on it you know you got to believe that's the biggest thing you got to believe you're capable you know people love to um say oh i can't because of this or that or you know there's no really no excuse if you want to do something just go do it but you got to set, set it as a priority you know and then believe that you can do it that's that's the biggest thing i think you know a lot of people that want to especially women that they want to do something extraordinary you know they they might have a, a million obstacles, which who doesn't, you know, but then they ultimately, if all those obstacles were removed, they maybe don't believe that they really are capable, but they just, they they want to do it, you know. There's a difference between a dreamer that that will, you know, that, that dreams and intends to get it, or, you know, someone that'll just dream and see it as something that's unattainable. You know, so I, I would say, you know, believe, <laughs> believe and go get it. You know, that's what I would say and, uh, you know, shoot, I would box it. It's like I tell people now, if I would have known that I could box when I was 80 years old as an amateur, I would have stayed in the amateurs. But back then there was no amateur boxing for women, but I'm sure there are no 80 year old women boxing now. But, you know, I see guys in there. There's some guys that I work their corners that are in there like 70s. Yeah. (laughs) I I could have kept boxing, but really probably there wouldn't be any girls to box. Oh, old, old ladies like me to box. But
0: but, I think you're right. I think. What happens is, I mean, at every level for anybody, you, me, everybody at at some point in their lifetime has self-doubt. It's discipline and motivation that gets you through it. I mean, any point in your life, you want to roll over and say, well, everybody wants to throw, I can't out for this reason. I can't for that reason. I mean, it just kind of comes naturally out of your mouth. It's the discipline that corrects it, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean... I just, I'm, I'm getting to a point now where I'm looking back. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, different angles that I could take. Like I could, I could go into corporate and probably make a lot more money because, you know, when you run a gym and you run a boxing program, money is always a problem. So I'm like, I could do so many things. I've, you know, been offered jobs overseas. I've been offered jobs, you know, making, you know, good, good money, <laughs> but instead, I'll, I'm like, oh, I got these fighters, like, do they really care, and some of them, you know, I still, I think I'll be happy when I can, you know, I need some world champions, not just one, I don't want one world champion, I want 10 world champions, you know, men and women alike, I mean, I want to, I really want to make my mark, and I guess, you know, maybe this is what I'm going to do, <laughs> here I am 20 years later going, hmm, maybe I'll just stay in boxing, I don't <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It's been a definite ride. I mean, sometimes you get on the roller coaster, and whether you want to get off or not is not the option. Sometimes it just takes you, and you just got to go with it and see where it goes.
1: Right, right. And you know, the good thing about it is, um, you know, I'm I'm not married. I've 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 got a life that really doesn't you know, there's nobody controlling anything in my life but myself. So, you know, and that makes a big difference. I don't sound like I have a family to support. My family's amazing. They, you know, I keep telling them they need to support me later, you know, <laughs> but it's like they, um but I, I mean, there's really nothing holding me back from anything, but probably I made this happen. You know, I made things like this for myself. So, you know, the sky's the limit to what I do, um, though I do have you know the people that i love including my fighters and you know my my college team and those kind of guys that are um you know those guys keep me homebound otherwise i'd probably be all over the world you know you know doing uh you know all kind of things in boxing so um but i i really would like to you know there's so many other things i'd like to try i'd like to do some training overseas i'd like to you know i'd like to i'd like to do a lot of things but i just kind of have to I'm so ADD. Honestly, I'll, I'll go in a thousand directions. I kind of have to make myself focus on a few things um, and, and just try to get them all done, you know, to where they're fulfilling for everybody. But well, it's yeah, quite, think, a, quite a ride.
0: I think you've been amazing. I mean, I think, I think everything you've done is, it's just, just shows that anything that you want to do in this world, anything that you want to do in life, you really can do it. You really right. can. I mean, there's always obstacles. I mean, a, a thousand ways from Sunday. There's a million different obstacles. It's whether you're willing to jump them or not it's going to make the
1: right, right. And you know, too, though, I'll, you know, you have to make it fun. I have so much fun. I mean, all my my team, my gym, my fighters. I mean, we're we're known for the team that's always, you know, laughing. And even when we're with the pros, amateurs, whatever, you know, we're the ones that are are making the most noise. So we have fun. You know, I have a lot of fun. This keeps me really young. I mean, I can. I can hang with those guys <laughs> for, for, you know, as much as I want. So, um, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, making it every, whatever you want. If you want to do something extraordinary, you got to love it and have fun doing with it. You know, don't pressure yourself, just, you know, and en- enjoy what you're doing and have a good time.
0: That's such, that's an important point. Have a good time with it because if you're stressed out all the time, it's going to become a chore. Right. I mean, if it's in you and you love it, have a good time with it and keep going at it and just keep trying. You can you know, just as long as you're moving forward, I don't care if you're taking baby steps or you're taking leaps and bounds. Just keep moving. Right. Keep your eyes looking forward because there's nothing behind you. I mean everything that's behind you's happened. It's it's right. what you're doing now and looking forward to the next. Well, I'll tell you what, Terry, I'm so thrilled that you are on. I mean, what's the name of your gym again?
1: It's Buckhead Fight Club.
0: Okay, and it's in Atlanta, correct
1: right mm-hmm. I'm
0: coming i'm going to go i'm, I'm, so, country, I'm fight. i'll come down oh yeah i'm gonna do it, it. And, and you're doing the Atlantic corporate fight night, right
1: Oh yeah, well, i haven't done that in a minute, but it's you know it's funny you mentioned that I just had a big dream last night that I need to get a show on I need to start doing a show so um but i am actually i've been really tied up in the pros. I have a pro show um a, uh, May tenth and then i've got um an amateur show May 18th. So um just a lot going on. I spent most of March traveling with my college team, you know, doing their nationals and some of their, you know, they ba- basically go to state other States and box other colleges. So, um, I was pretty busy with that, but this, this month, May is going to be, uh, set, you know, set for these two shows here. And then we'll see what comes up in June. Oh my <laughs> God. You know, come on down. I'll give you a, give you a seat and, you know, take good care of you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And again, uh, thanks for being our guest. You're amazing. You're an amazing woman. We wish you all the luck in the world. And I have to say, Terry the Boss Moss was on the show today. Thank you, Terry.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Where where can people find you, by the
1: way, real quickly? Um, uh, well, I'm on Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, uh, it'll either be under my name, Terry Moss or T Moss the Boss. Um, or, you know, Buckhead Fight Club, um, Atlanta Corporate Fight Night. I have those on, on all three of those social medias as well. But uh, our, the gym has a, a Facebook page as well. And, you know, we've we got it for just about all of them. If you look for it's either Terry Moss, uh, uh, Buckhead Fight Club, or T-Moss the Boss.
0: Oh, thank you, Terry. Have a great
1: one. And we'll be right back with Headaches and Headlines. My pleasure. Thank you. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you.
0: And we're back and we have headaches and headlines.
2: Hmm. Isn't that nice?
0: Lovely.
2: Isn't that special? Okay. Teens aren't interested in driving.
0: Blew my mind.
2: Yeah. I I saw my nephew yesterday. I said, oh, 17 uh, September. You psyched. Oh, I started my driving classes late. I'm not going to get my license in November. Like, I don't know. When I was 17, you had to be on your birthday or forget it.
0: Right? Oh, my God. I can't even imagine starting them late. Like, we were driving without licenses long before that.
2: Well, that's because you're a rebel. You got it. Actually, the best time I've ever had driving in my life was uh, my mom was out of town for a couple of days. And I found the ignition key and the back uh, door was broken, the lock on the station wagon. So... We we had the best time ever.
0: Oh, my God. Was that the station wagon? Holy shit.
2: It was awesome. That was so much fun. Um, But here's what's going on now. U.S. teenagers are not rushing out to get their driver's license, let alone buying their first car. Well, what teenagers can afford a car anyway? Come on. In 2017, only a quarter of 16-year-olds had their license compared to 50% in 1983. Uh, The rising cost of cars plays a big part. With a new vehicle costing approximately 32500 in 2018 compared to $25,400 in 2008 per analysis cited by Wall Street Journal. And between uh, ride-hail firms and the rising of social media, Generation Zers have the option of either staying home and hanging out with friends or jumping in an Uber or Lyft to meet them. Wow.
0: Let me just tell you something. New car prices mean nothing to teens driving. I don't know any team that ever had a new car. They bought the $300 first car, $1,000 first car, number one. And number two, we, like, counted down the seconds when we could mm-hmm. drive legally.
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's actually better off because mm-hmm. these young people driving cause a lot of problems and accidents.
0: Yeah, I mean, they get crazy. You're right.
2: Yeah. So go ahead. You keep uh, doing Uber and stay home and, and play and, and uh, take selfies and send to everybody.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
2: That's fun. Me too. Okay. Millennials hurt by financial crisis. While a recent survey shows that millennials believe they're going to be rich at a relatively young age. Good luck. Other statistics show just the opposite is true. The cohort that grew up with the internet revolution came of age during the financial crisis is doing worse than other generations were at their age. The economist knows that millennials are also not generating enough wealth to retire comfortably. Who is? Who? Uh, they retire comfortably in a, uh, Winnebago in uh, New Mexico.
0: I'm going to be in a van down by the river.
2: I'm going to be down by the bay. <laughs> All right. Where the watermelon grows. That's my son's <laughs> favorite song. Down oh. by the bay. Where the watermelons grow, back to my home, I dare not go, for if I do, my mother will say, Ever seen a duck driving a truck down by the bay? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, he came up with his own rhyme too. He said, You ever seen a bear combing his hair? I said, That's a good one.
0: That was a great one. Yeah, that
2: was Alex. Good job. Good
0: job, Alex.
2: Yeah, okay. And that's all we have for Kids Corner today on Owen Tough Mother. Now back to headlines and headaches scotus takes lgbtq workplace cases the supreme court said monday that it would hear cases that could decide whether employees who are lesbian gay bisexual transgender and queer can be fired based on their identities two of the cases involve people who claim they were fired over their sexual orientation another case involves gender identity no national law explicitly bars employment discrimination against lgbtq people leaving many rules open for interpretation about half the U.S. LGBTQ population lives in states that allow employment discrimination, reports CNBC.
0: Yeah, let's discriminate against people that are qualified just because they have another, another gender issue or another uh, issue that you don't have, or they don't. It's not even an issue. They have a different lifestyle. Just let's discriminate against them.
2: You know what? As long as they're like dressed for work normally and do their job like anyone else. Who cares?
0: Yeah, who you know? cares?
2: But, but, you know, it's the same time, too. You know, people should not be empowered to bring all their personal life to work. You know? I agree. You I gotta agree. Have a little bit of um, tact and, and a little a bit of, you know, understanding that you're around a lot of different types of people and you don't need to bring all your personal stuff. It doesn't have to be out in the open for everyone to know. I'm not saying you have to keep things secret, but you also don't have to, like, you know – make a big announcements about things. You know, you're there to do a job and, and, and that's what you should do.
0: Yeah. It, a lot of people think it's social hour when you're at work. No the reality is you're supposed to be there doing a job.
2: Exactly. But that being said, yeah, no one should be discriminated based on, on any of those things. Right. Right. Okay. Amazon wants one day prime shipping. Amazon has officially flagged its intention to make one day shipping the new standards for its for its flagship prime membership program company executives declared an earnings call this is funny because i already thought it was um, the online shopping behemoth's chief financial officer brian olsafsky olsafsky said amazon would use all available levers to build one day shipping into prime program and has allocated 800 million to achieve the goal with prime membership growing growth slowing amazon deems one day shipping as the key draw attract the next wave of customers to the program i also think um that amazon will draw customers based on the content that they deliver for prime customers
0: yeah what did you already think was already was was already going
2: one day shipping i mean most of the time when we get stuff on prime it's usually one day shipping
0: well i it depends on on the dc they pull it from i guess
2: i guess tech is trying to stop spam calls please do please
0: God figure it out
2: oh my gosh like you know I answered the phone today and it was somebody I needed to talk to but I only answered on a whim I didn't know who it was but a lot of times I don't answer the phone
0: oh a lot mm-hmm. of times it's a, and you know what you have ma, I have ma here and I don't know what's going on but they have offered ma on on these spam calls every medical device known to man sweet. It's like, do you need this? Do you, I mean, it just blows my mind.
2: Well, I get calls from Slovenia every day.
0: Slovenia? Yeah. Not. Yeah. Oh my it says
2: Slovenia on my phone.
0: Oh, holy cow.
2: If I ever see you again, I'll show you. Yep. Okay. Tech is trying to stop spam calls. New technical standards are being rolled out by carriers to help decrease the frequency of spam calls Americans receive. An estimated 478 Billion robocalls were made in the U.S. last year.
1: Billion!
2: Billion! What? What? Okay. What? Anti-spoofing technology is being implemented to ensure the validity and security of numbers, but it requires the vast majority of the industry from cable landlines to mobile providers to use it before it can take effect. T-Mobile installed the new standard known as stir shaken in January, and Verizon will follow within a few months. Great.
0: I really hate them hate them hate them hate them
2: okay listen karen hard work is not enough to thrive okay yeah believe me i get that yeah it's not working for you
0: not really
2: very few very few if any workplaces operate like strict i don't even know what that says meritocracies okay where the very best performers reap the greatest professional rewards, argues Morgan Stanley vice chair, Carla Harris. Instead, stellar performance at work functions more like table stakes in your quest for advancement. What truly helps you get ahead? The quality of relationships you have with people at every level of the organization you are part of. Such oft neglected relationship currency can lead to lasting success, Harris says. Wow. So, you know what that means? Yep. I'm going to go to work tomorrow and kiss some ass.
0: That's exactly what it means.
2: Yes. Pucker up. Yep. All right. All right. All right. Enough of that talk. This is a a family show. All right. Generation Z might save the American mall. Awesome. I love malls, especially when there's like uh, horrible things happen there. Generation Z might bring back uh, something millennials almost killed, the American shopping mall. A recent study found that 95% of Gen Z have visited a mall within the last three months compared to 75% of millennials. It turns out that the digital generation actually prefers brick and mortar shopping to online retailing. Interesting. They enjoy the unique experiences physical stores can provide. Shopping malls are adapting to this trend by reimagining the mall experience to include entertainment and amenities that enhance customer visits. Wow. Yes. Oh, and this is interesting, just so people know, because I, I can never define this. According to Forbes, the generation after millennials is Generation Z is defined by people who were born from the mid 90s to the early 2000s. Oh,
0: okay. Good points.
2: Yeah, and they made up 25% of the US population, making them a the larger cohort than the baby boomers or millennials. Wow. How about that, Generation Z, look out. Generation zombies. Zombies. Right. Yeah. And this let's let's end on a nice note, okay, Karen? Yes. Gratitude, how gratitude can make you healthier. Thanking a colleague for their efforts can improve their health. A study by Portland State University researchers that's centered on a group of nurses, a profession with a high burnout rate, showed that being thanked more often resulted in better sleep, fewer headaches, and healthier eating because it improves work satisfaction. The researchers believe employers should create opportunities for workers to express gratitude, which could lead to better staff retention rates, fewer sick days, and other benefits for both the individual and the business. All right. Yeah, I like it.
0: I do, too. And, I mean, everybody should be, like, thanking each other. I mean, jeez. Thanks, Karen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Seth. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, we want to also thank Terry Moss. And I have to do it one more time. Terry, the Moss. Wait, darn it. Terry. Come on. I know. Terry, the Boss Moss. Really? Mm. I mean, what a life i mean what a life she's led like crazy like i don't know if i said at 36 i wanted to become a professional boxer people would have been like what is wrong with you which would be said to her but she did it anyway
2: hey can i try it go ahead okay ready yes terry the boss moss
0: perfect there you go that was amazing and
2: awesome.
0: that, I hope you didn't wake everybody up. But And probably, today's mother says is when a child is learning how to walk and falls down 50 times, they never think to themselves, maybe this isn't for me. Okay? Get it, people? When you're learning how to walk and you fall down 50 times as a baby, you never go, oh, dude, I'm never walking again. This isn't for me. Come on. Keep going. Um, Keep trying. Look what the boss Moss did.
2: Karen, I don't know, because Micah's kind of like, eh, I don't know about this walking business.
0: So what? He's going to be 19. You're going to be putting him in a stroller?
2: No, I think he'll just crawl next to us. Uh.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> that, that visual is just not good. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, have a great week, everybody. We have another amazing guest. I can't wait for you to hear. And Seth. Mm. Be cool.
2: Word. Bye. Bye.